Proverbs 10 and 25 says, When the whirlwind passes by, the wicked is no more, but the righteous has an everlasting foundation. Hallelujah. Let me say that again. When the whirlwind passes by, hallelujah. So when the trouble is passing by, when sickness and disease is passing by, when uh, unfavorable circumstances are hitting your life, hallelujah. When the whirlwind passes by, when things aren't the way you want them to go, when things aren't happening the way you want them to happen, first thing the Bible tells us is that they're going to pass by. Thank you, Jesus. This is Proverbs 10:25. When the whirlwind passes by, and then the Bible says, and the wicked is no more, but the righteous has an everlasting foundation. The righteous has an everlasting foundation. Our foundation is in the word of God. Our foundation is in the Lord. And when everything else is falling apart and everything else is not standing, the righteous, we shall stand because we are rooted and grounded in a firm foundation. Hallelujah. And our foundation is in Jesus Christ. It is in his word. And I I want to leave that scripture with you. That's not what we're going to talk about, but I read it and I wanted to share that with you. For those of you that are just coming on, Proverbs 10 and 25 says, when the whirlwind passes by, (laughs) hallelujah, when friendships pass by, when relationships pass by, things that you thought were going to stay in your life forever, people that you thought were going to stay in your life forever, hallelujah, when they pass by and things that you thought were going to go with you to the end, sometimes you realize you get to a place in your life and you realize that things that you thought and people that you thought were going to stay forever were just temporary. And we have to learn to accept that some things show up in our lives just for a season, some just for a moment. There are some God assignments that show up for a lifetime, but but we've got to know how to accept the fact that there are some things that God just wants you to learn. Hallelujah. It's something that he wanted you to learn. You didn't have you weren't supposed to stay there and you definitely were not supposed to get stuck there. It was a lesson. It was a lesson that he had you to learn. Hallelujah. But the Bible says, but the righteous. Hallelujah. We have an everlasting foundation. And Jesus, we just before we do anything, we just want to thank you. We want to say thank you. Thank you for that word, Lord. Thank you for being our foundation. Thank you that we are not moved, Father, by what is uh, moving in and out of our lives, but we are able to stay consistent and we are able to stay dependable and reliable on you, Father, because you are our firm foundation. And so we love you today. We thank you for allowing us to have a foundation for fruit bearing. Lord, we thank you that, that that which you have put in us, Father, will cause us to be able to produce fruit in you. Hallelujah. And so for this, Father, we say thank you. 
We give your name glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want to talk about, uh, for just for a very few minutes, few minutes, I want to go to uh, Titus 2, um, and then I'm going to go to John 13. And I want to talk to you and give you a word about foundations for fruit bearing. Foundations for fruit bearing. You know, God is concerned about our fruit. You know, uh, we are created to do something. We're created to do something. We're not just created to 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 go and to go to church and to have church and to have great worship experiences. Um, that's not what this Christian life is all about. You know, the the meeting when we when we go to church, you know, uh, that's to build us up. It's so that we can live out the Christian life. But the Christian life is about doing works for Christ. And so today I want to share with you um, what I'm calling foundations for fruit bearing. Um, and uh, what I hope to be able to do, if we don't get it all in this in this call, maybe in the next call we'll, we'll be able to get to everything uh, because I definitely, my spirit is praying this morning. I want to begin to show you how you can identify what Jesus has called you specifically to do. Um, but as you'll see, you know, all of us are called to do something for the Lord. We're all called to do something. And so this is a key to actually be effective in what it is that God has called us to do. So I want to take a look, up, a look at a couple of scriptures here. Um, the first scripture that I want to look at is uh, Titus, Titus 2. Titus 2. If you go uh, to Titus 2, Titus 2, uh, verse 14 says, Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every iniquity or all iniquity and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Jesus gave his life for a purpose. This is what I want you to see. What I want you to see is that Jesus gave his life for a purpose, and it was not just so that we can go to heaven, all right? And if, so if you think in those terms, you miss his message, and his message was about the kingdom. The purpose of God originally for man was to be his representatives on earth. All right, and to advance his kingdom in earth and to bring heaven to earth. And so that purpose has not changed. And so in Revelations, in the book of Revelations, we see people, um, they're reigning on earth. And so you have to get a perspective that you're called to change this world that we live in, not to run away from it. We're called to influence the world. We're called to bring uh, the kingdom of heaven to the world. And that's not something that's not something that we do um, that, you know, we just just praying for a revival. This is about us engaging with God personally and so that we can express his life through the things that we do, through the works that we do. And so uh, the question that we ask then is, well, what does God want me to do? 
you know, what does God want me to do? Uh, and so uh, maybe we'll have to get to that in the next session. But for this session, I want to talk about having a foundation, a foundation to do the things that God has called you to do. So let's look at Matthew, Matthew chapter 7. If you look at Matthew chapter 7, um, Matthew chapter 7, um, what's happening in Matthew chapter 7, the Bible says that not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, shall enter into my kingdom. All right? Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, shall enter into my kingdom. And so what we have to understand is that uh, intimacy with God is important. And, and the only way that we're going to know what God wants us to do is that we have to have intimacy with him. You've got to discover it for yourself, all right? So just because you're calling on the name of the Lord, it doesn't mean you actually know him. He requires us to have intimacy with him, and our intimacy with him is what gives us the revelation in our spirit of what it is that he's called us to do. You, you, you get that. You get that. All right. Uh, and so uh, one of the other things that uh, we have to understand about uh, foundations for fruit bearing in John, John chapter 13, verses 1 through 3, uh, Jesus says, um, let, me, let me get it. Let me get John. Let me get John. I'm just I'm reading off of my notes here, but I didn't write the scripture down. Let me read it. Let me get that for you real quick. John 13. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. Now let me let me get the, let me read this to you again. Let me read this to you again. Verse 3. You got to get this in your spirit. Jesus, what did he know? He knew that he came he knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and that he would return to him. Okay? So Jesus knew where he came from, and he knew where he was going. He knew his purpose. Okay? I, w- I, want, you to, you, I want you to get this. The, he, he, he knew who he was. The Bible says that Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, and he knew where he came from, and he knew where he was going. This is how we understand our purpose, because what you do flows out of who you are. Let me say that again. What you do flows out of who you are. And so what you do flows out of who you are as a person, and it overflows from your inward life. 
what what's happening on the inside of you, the intimacy that you spend, the time that you spend with the Father overflows from your inward life. And so what you do, which is your works, it shapes and confirms who you are. All right? So it's important to commit to personal growth to be like Jesus, not to be like somebody else, not to, not to mimic or to, to copy what somebody else is doing. All right? Because we want our lives to be a reflection of Jesus Christ. Why? Because we are called to be an ambassador, to, to represent him in the earth. You know, I don't speak on my own accord. You know, people, I remember one time I was, and I know times have changed, but I'm still old-fashioned. I like to look nice. I, I like to wear suits. And, you know, I, I, I know we don't wear suits no more, but I'm still, it's just how I am. And, you know, we were, I was at an event and everybody was dressed down, and I had on this, a dress and some stockings and some heels <laughs> because I like to look nice, you know. And uh, they, somebody said, well, why, why, are you, why are you so dressed up? Why are you so dressed up? And before it came out of my mouth, it came to my mind, you know, this, this is an event where I'm representing Jesus. I'm, I'm, representing, I'm representing someone greater than me. You understand what I'm saying? And so, and so when you understand that, that what you do and who you are is not just about you, but it's bigger than you, it is. It flows out of your it flows out of your heart into your life, and people can begin to see a difference. They see that you're serious about your relationship with God. They see that you're serious about uh, maintaining integrity for the Lord. They see that 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 you take the call of God that is upon your life, the purpose of God that is upon your life, the mission of God that is upon your life. They see that you take it seriously. You understand that? And so a key foundation, a key, founda- key foundations uh, for fruit bearing, in order for us to build fruit, in order for us to have fruit is that we've got to build. There's some things that God wants us to build in our lives. Second Timothy, Second Peter, write this down, Second Peter 1, 1 through 11, talks about adding to your faith. It talks about adding to your faith. And so, and so what we have to do is, brothers and sisters, in order for us to bear fruit in our lives, we have to develop a divine DNA in our lives, a God-like DNA in our lives, so that we can become more and more like him. The Bible says to add to your faith. Add to your faith. Add to your faith. That word add there is to thoroughly furnish, to fully supply, all right? It's, it's to develop qualities in you as you serve people, all right? So uh, uh, the first thing that the Bible tells us to add to our faith is purity. The first thing we add is purity. That word purity is virtue. It has two meanings. Not only does it, it means virtue, but it means excellence. It means excellence. It's also sexual purity, all right? So when we're adding to our faith, faith, sometimes we, I, I hate to say faith is not enough because faith is really all we need to please God, but the Bible tells us that we are to add to our faith. Do you understand that? So you can't just be saying, well, I got faith, I got faith, I got faith. Well, God wants you to add some stuff to that faith, all right, in order for you to bear the kind of fruit that he wants you to bear. 
So he says to, to add to your faith purity. That, that word purity is virtue, it's excellence, it's moral purity, purity. It's our responsibility to cultivate purity. You know, sexual sin and personal uh, agendas, they, def- they defile our hearts and they create selfishness. And so the Holy Spirit works with, with us on purity in our thoughts, purity in our actions, purity in our words. And it's something that we have to be conscious about, asking the Holy Spirit to help us. Then he says to add to your faith knowledge. That word knowledge, uh, uh, is, is, uh, it, it's, it, it means experimental knowledge of God and his purposes, having, having an experience knowing God. We need to apply ourselves to spiritual knowledge and understanding, all right? We need to know what God wants us to do. So we add to our faith purity, and then to purity we add knowledge, all right? We, we got to ask God, what is it that you want us to do? Colossians 1 says for us to be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Colossians 2 and 8 says don't be cheated by drawing from the philosophies of this old world. So we've got to be filled with the knowledge of God's will, the knowledge of his wisdom and his spiritual understanding. And then it says to add to your to, to knowledge self-control. All right, this is the kind of foundation that we have to have. So we've got our faith, but then to that faith, we've got to add our virtue. To that virtue, we've got to add knowledge. To that knowledge, we've got to add self-control. Are you following me here? Add to that knowledge self-control. Self-control, what does that mean? It means we must learn to manage yourself. We've got to learn, you've got to learn to manage yourself. And that's everything. That's what your, your, your physical diet, your health, your rest, your soul, any addictions, any anger, you know, anything that you have, you've got to learn how to manage. That's what God said. He says for us to do. He don't do it. He, he, he doesn't do it. God is not, not going to take the desire away from you to, to, uh, to, eat, uh, to, to eat those things that you love. That's a matter of self-control. He's given us a will. You understand that? He's, but, but, but you don't want to use it. You don't want to use willpower. Because because willpower is just like any other muscle. You use it too long and it gets tired and it wears out on you. And so the best thing to do is to make a decision about a thing. What I've learned is that willpower doesn't work. And so and so when it comes to the area of self control, if I make if I make a decision, if if I say if I say you know I'm 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 only going to you know. Uh, eat certain kind of foods. If I go to a restaurant, if I've already made the decision, when I get to the menu, I, I'm not wavering. It's not a temptation. I don't have to use my willpower for it because I've already made the decision. Do you, do you understand that? Do you understand that? So he says to add self-control because, see, there's some areas in our life that, 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 that you may be in bondage in. There's some areas in your life that you may be out of control in. And, and God tells us, he's saying to us, I want you to have a firm foundation, one that produces fruit. And in order to do that, I need you to have some self-control. And then he says, he said to, to, to add to your self-control, to add perseverance to add patient endurance. 
all right? Perseverance is to maintain a positive attitude during setbacks and pressures. Perseverance, to maintain a positive attitude during setbacks and pressure. Yes, it hurt me, but it helped me, and I'm going to move on. That's perseverance. That's perseverance. That's perseverance. It's, it's maintaining the attitude that uh, this really was a horrible situation, but I trust God and I know that it's working for my good, and I'm going to keep going. That's perseverance. That's, that's perseverance. So, so how do you respond in difficulties? You know, do you complain? Do you, you know, have self-pity? Do you quit? No. God says that I want you to add perseverance to your faith. Yes, I know you believe me. I know you believe me. But in addition to your belief in me, I need you to get some perseverance. I need you to persevere through difficult times. I don't need you to sit down and complain. I don't need you to have a pity party. I don't need you to call your friends that you know is going to feel bad for you. I, I, I need you to keep going. Galatians 6, 9, let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You can't reap if you faint. So you got to keep on going. God will give you the perseverance. And then to perseverance, he said, to add godliness. He said to add to perseverance, godliness. Godliness is respect and reverence towards God. Respect attracts in a relationship. When you are in any kind of relationship, respect attracts. Disrespect leads to distance in a relationship. Let me, let me say that again. In any relationship, respect attracts. Disrespect leads to distance. And so in our relationship with the Lord, we want to make sure that we have a respect for him, that we are not disrespecting who he is. Do you understand that? But we show godliness, respect, and reverence towards God, that we cultivate respect, that we, have a, we place a high value on, on, on our relationship with the Lord, that, that, that we have a high value towards Jesus, towards his work, towards his thing, towards his house, towards his people. You understand that? You understand that? And then he says to add kindness, brotherly kindness. So he says to your faith, I want you to add virtue. To, to, to your faith, I want you to add purity. I want you to add knowledge. I want you to add self-control. I want you to add perseverance. I want you to add godliness. And then he says, and to that I want you to add kindness. This kindness is brotherly kindness. What that means is it's love for Christians as, as being a part of our family. Jesus identifies with his church that, that we are one to another. We are brothers one to another. And so how you treat how you treat. Uh, each other, how we treat each other, how we treat other Christians, is, is we, we're able to see how we treat him because he identifies as one of us. Jesus identifies his church. He says, as you have done to the least of these, you have done unto me also. You understand that? You understand that? And so with Jesus identifying a part of the, the local church, you know, we have to understand that we've got to put our faith to action, put our faith to action. And so there's a whole bunch of scriptures in the New Testament that talks about one another, love one another, honor one another, respect one another, be sub submit one ye to another. 
You understand this? This is brotherly kindness. This is what God is calling us to do. And then he says, love, add to your faith, love. This is practical love. This kind of love is an agape love. It's kindness without no selfish agenda. It's doing for others without expecting anything in return. It's because I know you have a need. I want to meet the need. I, 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 don't need a, 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 I don't need it to be posted of what I did. I don't need a picture of me at the homeless shelter. I, 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 I'm doing this. I'm doing this because I love you. We are called brothers and sisters, to walk with God in love. Love gives a flavor to all that you do. You know, there's something about a person that just walks in love and, and you, you, you can tell that, that, that everything that they do in their life is to give and to serve and, and there's something about, there's a fragrance. You know what I'm talking about. There's a fragrance. And, 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 and so this morning, this is what God is calling us. He's calling us to add love to our life. Love is, is special because it serves people not just with words, but it ser- serves people with acts of kindness. Love. Love serves with words and with acts of kindness. And, and so this morning, brothers and sisters, I, I want you to be reminded of these things. These are the things that God wants us to add so that we can bear fruit, so that he can look at us and, and, and say, well done, so, so that our light would shine before men, so that men would see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. Come on, let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we give you praise this morning. We give you glory and we give you honor. Hallelujah. We say thank you for all of the things that you have done. Father, we want to live a life that is pleasing to you. Father, we want a life, Father, that brings and bears much fruit. And so, Father, it is in the name of Jesus that we commit ourselves to living the kind of life that you have called us to live. It is, it is today, God, that we recommit and we rededicate our lives to you, Father, this morning. Father, we pray, God, that as we add to our faith uh, uh, virtue and as we add to our virtue knowledge and as we add to our knowledge self-control and to our self-control perseverance and to our perseverance godliness and to our godliness kindness and to our kindness brotherly love. Father, this morning we ask for your grace. Give us grace, Father. Give us grace because we desire to be pleasing to you. Father, we, we, we're not just concerned, Father, about the, what you can do for us, Father, but we want to pour our love on you. Hallelujah. We want to pour our love on you. And so, Father, this morning in the name of Jesus, every area that is in our life that is not pleasing, Father, every area in our lives, Father, that, that will cause us to, 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 to walk away from 
from you that would cause us to not be pleasing to you. Every area of addiction, every area, Father, of trouble and pain, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would open up our eyes, give us revelation and insight that we may be able to see, Father, those things that are in our lives that are not pleasing to you. Shine your light on us. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, we want to do what you've called us to do. We want to be who you've called us to be. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, this, this day that you would give us wisdom, revelation, understanding, and insight of where you're taking us, like Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, the Bible says that Jesus knew what you'd given him. He knew where he came from, and he knew where he was going. Hallelujah. Father, give us that same wisdom and revelation so that we can live our lives in authority, so that we can walk in authority, so that we can serve and minister in authority. Give us the revelation of who we are and who we are in you, that our lives may be pleasing to you. Forgive us of our trespasses and our sins, everything that we've said and done that has offended you, that's been contrary to your word. Father, that would cause you, Father, to turn your face from us, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would have mercy and forgive us of our sins. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus that you would walk with us today, talk with us today, lead us and guide us in the way that we should go today, order our steps today, make provision. I thank you for provision. I thank you that we shall have no lack. I thank you that we will not be without. I thank you, Father, for unexpected blessings coming. I thank you for favor, Father, overtaking us today in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you for good phones calls. Yes, God. I thank you for good news. Yes, God. I thank you for good news. Hallelujah. Yes, God. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for witty inventions and ideas. Hallelujah. Speak to to your servants, Father, for we're listening in this time. We thank you for shifting us. We thank you, God, for the shift. We thank you for, for the switch. We thank you, Father, that you're moving us from a breakdown to a breakthrough. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, that this is a good time to be alive. Yes, God. We thank you. Hallelujah. We thank you that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So we thank you for greater. Hallelujah. For the greater one is in us. Hallelujah. Calls us to live greater, to be greater, to do greater, to think greater. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus. And we give your name praise. And we give your name glory. Bless our children everywhere. Protect our babies. Keep them safe. We pray the blood of Jesus will protect our children. In the mighty name of Jesus. We give your name glory, honor, and praise, and we pray today that the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart, may they forever be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, you are our strength, and you are our redeemer. Let every heart that believeth say in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. I love you. Walk with Jesus today. Remember, we'll be back here on Thursday. God bless you. Bye-bye.